from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello and welcome in. It is the Tuesday edition of The Drive. I'm Dan Peck. Drew at the controls, the capable one. And a very special guest joining us on a Tuesday here on The Drive with Bill Cameron. Special no Bill Cameron edition. We'll do four of these this week as Bill is in a conference in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, he gave he gave the name of it yesterday. I don't remember exactly what it is. It has to do with distance learning, which is Bill's uh, day job. We've talked about that on the show before, but uh, he'll be in Nashville getting to see some sights and sounds and uh, tastes of Music City. We'll find out how Bill's Nashville adventure went next week when he returns. But in the meantime, shaking things up a little bit this week, uh, Justin Ferguson uh, from the Auburn Observer. Uh, who usually joins us on Thursdays and has, you know, really since since just after the launch of uh, his uh, his his fine uh, publication slash podcasting uh, enterprise, uh, not Enterprise Alabama, but but his uh, his his fine endeavor uh, there in, uh, in in the in the Auburn Observer, uh, he'll he'll join us today. He's uh, he's he's also uh, I don't want to speak for Justin quite yet, but he's he's also going to take uh, take a couple of days later this week. So you were unavailable on Thursday, right, Justin? Yeah. And, and so uh, yeah, you're, you're taking great, a long weekend this week. Gr- gracious enough to hang out with us for uh, about an hour and a half or so. You got you got you got to bounce a little bit early, but yep. you can uh, uh, you, you can you can hang out for for most of the show. We will have uh, Jason Caldwell tomorrow uh, in the first hour, as we usually do on Wednesdays, and then Brian Matthews. Uh, pulling double duty uh, from uh, you know from from yesterday's show, AuburnSports.com's own uh, Brian Matthews is going to join us again on Thursday to uh, talk about the stuff going on in the world of sports. So a murderer's row of interesting people who cover uh, the uh, the Auburn uh, the the Auburn athletics uh, as, as as well as uh, as just about anyone. So I'm look, looking forward to this week and and of course looking forward to Bill Cameron's return on Monday. In the meantime, let's get the uh, business out of the way. Uh, hour number one of the drive brought to you by the good folks at Kia of Auburn and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. They also sponsor the hotline, 334-321-1390, the number to dial. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. You can go to your favorite podcasting platform and search for The Drive with Bill Cameron, or you can... Uh, go to ESPNAU.com or RadioAlabama.net and use the Podcast Center. That's all presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. So we got Jason, uh, we, we, we got Justin Ferguson in the house uh, today, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to, uh, uh, to breaking down some of the stuff that's, that's happened since you were here on Thursday. Uh, and, and so we've, we've talked, and, and of course I've, I've recorded an Observer podcast as I, uh, as, as I now am, uh, am, am want to do. Uh, and so uh, uh, th- there, have been, there have been developments in both the world of Auburn uh, football and Auburn basketball uh, since your last appearance on this show. But it also feels like we're in a time where 
the other shoe could drop with both sports at any moment. I mean, we're in a holding pattern where news could be coming both with regards to Auburn players making decisions to leave in both uh, football and basketball. I mean, we, we still have the uh, the NBA draft window open. If any Auburn basketball player wanted to announce uh, to, to go pro, the, the portal is open for basketball players. The portal is also open for football players. We've had some... Uh, we've had some decisions uh, made made by Auburn football players of late, but uh, and anything could happen mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks as far as Auburn losing or gaining a player, which is a it's an interesting time and, and really uh, not not a super common thing in these portal windows. You know, now, now that we have these 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 uh, delineated time periods where okay, th- this is when a player can enter the transfer portal, and, and there are two you know very distinct ones. Uh, th- this is an it's an odd time where it feels like any news could happen with regards to right. both basketball and football. Yeah, and and you're just kind of in wait-and-see mode for both of those. You know, I do think it's very interesting that Auburn had, you know, they got done with spring football earlier than a lot of teams, and then the portal opens, and the first weekend you only have two guys defect uh, and go into the portal, which I think is a, an interesting sign. I, I I would expect there to be some more movement in time, but like it wasn't like there was this, you know, big flood of guys getting, you know, processed out or whatever. Uh, like some people may have thought there would be. Instead, you're in a position if you're Auburn where you have flexibility, you have some room to add players uh, via the transfer portal, but you are also not, you know, you're also not in a, in a situation where you have a lot of guys leaving at a certain spot and you're having to kind of go on the fly. This has kind of been more of a, all right, we have our needs. We, we know what's, what, you know, we, we know, we know what might be coming out and they can kind of attack that in, in, in that way. So, um, I do think it's very interesting that Auburn did not have like this, this rash of players, uh, go into the portal and, and I'm sure more will join. But it wasn't like the portal opened on Saturday and you saw several players come in for Auburn, just only two so far. And, and if that was going to happen anywhere, I would have thought it would be at a place with a first-year head coach right. because that would be players that, you know, a roster full of guys he inherited minus the the players he's signed since arriving. Uh, any number of those players could decide, all right, well, I'm going to give it a shot. And after the spring, decide right. it's, it's not for me, I'm going to go somewhere else. And, and I think it's just going to be a, a quieter portal window period. I think we're seeing that across college football. Now there are some some good players that have gone in the portal, and you you'll get it. But it was it's not this flood that we we saw in the winter window. I think the winter window is always kind of like I don't think it's going to be as I don't think it's going to be as uh, as big of a difference as these two spots. But like think about early signing period for high school recruits and the traditional signing period, like. The early one has just been where everybody gets their business done right now. It's also so tough to join a team in May yeah. and make and make an impact on the field in in the fall. It can be done. Can be done. But the, one of the reasons I think that the the fall window will always be busier than the spring window is because players want to be enrolled in January yeah. at, at wherever they're going to play right. in 2023. And if, if I mean for for just about everybody going through spring practice, the plan is to play. For the team that you are uh, practicing for in the spring, now some players might be in wait and see mode, and they might be all right. Well, you know, let's let's see how this this first year head coach handles it, and how right. I'm viewed by this new coaching staff. But I, I think it makes sense that un- unless there's un- unless there's something bubbling under the surface we don't know about at a mm-hmm. program, right? It would it would make sense that it's relatively quiet. The exception being 
you know, I, I, I still wouldn't rule out if, if Deion Sanders runs a lot of people off, right? Or, or, oh, if, yeah. uh, or yeah. if, um, uh, the, the Nebraska, right? If, if, uh, Matt Rule uh, mm-hmm. got the Nebraska job, they, if someone, if someone like that, if there's a real culture change somewhere right. that, that's just going to represent a, a big difference, Georgia Tech, maybe, right? Like there, there, mm-hmm. there could be some places where it's like, all right, there, there is, th- things are going to be very different. And, and, and that's, um, you know that that's it remains to be seen if if that actually happens. I think that's more in theory right now than and, uh, than, than than in practice. And I think I think you will always have, especially in the spring window. I always think that it's going to be a bigger one for quarterbacks to kind of see where they sit and then make a move. Um, you also got to keep in mind, like there are guys that are still going through spring ball right now, and so they haven't had the end of practice yet. They haven't had those kind of conversations with their co- with their coaches yet. So um, I'm sure there's going to be some more movement in the quarterback portal, but it's just there's just not a whole lot right now. I think Nick Saban provided the blueprint for a lot of coaches, though, as far as what to do if you think you have an open quarterback position and two or more starter-capable players on the roster in that you, you leave it as uncertain as possible until as late as you can. Sure. So players... We'll, we'll stay, and you know, going through a season as a backup quarterback isn't the end of the world, and you might end up getting in the game. You know, there, there's you can sell that as a benefit for the player, and then they spend a season as a backup, then it's fairly clear what's going to happen. But nowadays, you don't really want to do multiple of those seasons. You don't, you don't, and so um, yeah, I, I want. I think Georgia and Alabama are both places where because the battle is so open, there's the question of will there be defections, or mm-hmm. as we brought up yesterday on the show, uh, could there be an addition to the room at either sure. of those places? Could Alabama or Georgia decide? You know, our, our quarterback is not on the team right now, and yeah. we need to go into the portal, or we need to go find someone, or or we need to. I think I, I still wonder if a coach is going to do this, where we're going to make it known that we need a quarterback and see who and goes see you guys and in. see who goes into the portal because yeah. that's not tampering. Like to be yeah. clear, a coach a coach coming out and saying, you know, we, we're going to. You know, if if there if there was a starting capable, Heck, you freeze it at all all yeah. spring practices. Hey, we we're open to getting another quarterback. Hey, we need more at edge rusher. Hey, we could we could get anybody. You know, we'll take anybody who fits our system. Hey, we would love to have another offensive lineman. Hey, you know, maybe we could add another wide receiver. Yeah, that that is perfectly above board. Right, and it's it's both answering the questions that you're being asked by the reporters, but it's also. You know, sending a message. Yeah, it's it's which it's, is what that's for. It's advertising. You know, the sure. smoke, it's it's putting out the smoke signal that that you you need a uh, you will still be recruiting if if viable options make themselves available in the portal or, or via the graduate transfer market. Yeah, whether or not Georgia or Alabama adds somebody, I think is a uh, that's 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 a really curious one. I threw out yesterday that I I still think Talia. Um, would would be like I could see I lo- I love reunions right and those sorts of uh, things yeah. you know I'm a sucker for that so if if Talia he's got a good thing going at Maryland he's got right a now, real though. good thing going at Maryland and that's a coach that Nick Saban respects a lot too yeah. and I feel like he he would even feel weird about poaching the guys starting quarterback after the season he just had I don't know like you know, coaches you know they get yeah, over those it, things, it's going to be interesting like you know there are several places with quarterback battles with multiple guys that have had starting experience that you would sit here and say. Okay, are all these guys going to stay? And I guess technically Auburn's one of those spots, but like if you're looking for who to bring in for Auburn, uh, you know, just a couple that come to mind immediately for me um, are, well, I mean, Georgia's obviously one, but as we know in the SEC, Georgia Ole Miss are two very obvious examples. But as we know, you have to be a grad transfer to make that move in the SEC. If Auburn wanted to get somebody who is currently in the SEC at this point, They'd have to get somebody who who's a graduate transfer for them to be eligible immediately. 
Uh, but a couple that I've that I've been interested in. You mentioned them just a moment ago. Nebraska, Nebraska has Casey Thompson coming back, but also they go get Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech. What does that What does that end up looking like? And then another one that I know Auburn fans have been talking about and keeping an eye on is NC State. Um, because NC State goes and gets Brandon Armstrong for Virginia, reuniting with Robert and I, uh, his offensive coordinator of Virginia. They had MJ Morris, who played several games for them last year as a starter, um, got hurt, and then uh, Ben Finley, uh, Ryan Finley's younger brother, uh, the the former NC State quarterback, he's still there and competing as well. So one would think there's going to be some sort of movement or defections at NC State as well. And if one of those guys came available, and I think a lot of people, there's been a lot of attention on Morris, would Auburn be interested in that? You know, and I think those are places like look for places that are power five, power five battles where somebody's going to get left out who can start. Do any of those quarterbacks that you mentioned there, do any of them have more of a track record as power five quarterbacks than? The room Auburn has at the Casey moment, Casey Thompson, TJ definitely, and TJ does. and Robbie. I mean, because because that that's what I'm curious about is Auburn is Auburn going to is Auburn going to bring in someone with a track record? Of, yeah, I mean, it's one thing to be a five star recruit who didn't like where things shook out at your first school, right? And now you're coming in with a, a light resume as a player. Yeah, I think the preference, my guess, is the preference would be someone who has. Some some yeah. time as a as an on field productive player and then coming in to sort of settle things down and and, and take Morris and Finley reins. Morris and Finley at NC State are both guys that have started and have won games but it's just been a limited sample size. Um, I think you can look at a guy like MJ Morris's numbers at NC State and some of the things that he did that big comeback that he had uh, some of the really big numbers he put up and say oh that, that looks really really good and that could be an upgrade but also it's not like you're going in and getting a guy who started. You know, multiple years where I think Casey Thompson is probably one of your bigger, and I'm just speculating about it. I was going like, to say my, my my question was my my question would be: Is there buzz on Auburn or any of these players talking about like a, a possible reunion, like or, or a possible union? Like, is, is there any is there any talk that Auburn? I, I, I know there have been fans who've been who've been looking at Morris right. just because it, it makes a lot of it makes a lot of sense. Georgia guy, you know, I, I wonder fits if, the system. I was asked about Chance Nolan on on the Max Roundtable yesterday, and I wonder how much of that is fan driven. You know what I mean? Like, because it it felt like a lot of the Spencer it, Sanders it has stuff been reported was, that Auburn yeah. has been like the recruiting folks who cover Auburn um, on, Ch- on Chance Nolan. I have said that Auburn has has. You know, contacted Nolan at least. So, but yeah, he is by far the best option. The thing with Chance Nolan that's interesting is that he had so 2020. He comes in late against Oregon, helps him beat Oregon, uh, uh, helps him beat Oregon in the Civil War that year. 2021, he has a highly effective. Has a really good year in 2021. Jonathan Smith did a great job with Oregon State that year. Last year, he he has a couple of really good games off the bat against Group of Five teams. And then, if I remember correctly, throws four picks against uh, USC in like week four, and then gets hurt against Utah in a game where he has a couple more picks and he's done for the season. So his his season long numbers in twenty twenty two are not very good, um, but those are heavily weighted by like two bad games, including one where he got hurt. And he's and he's in the portal because DJ Uyagale. One of the primary reasons he's in the portal is right. because DJ Uyagalele. It's also to go very to interesting State. that chances Chance Nolan has been in the portal since December, and so he's already been through a whole cycle and didn't pull the trigger, didn't have you know didn't have a spot to land. So he's kind of been the the guy. Everywhere else, you're looking at you're looking at dudes who have barely played that much. 
Um, you know, I think there's an Arizona quarterback in the portal that's that's played a little bit, and there's a couple other ones as yeah, so, well. So, um, uh, and then and then you have a group of five quarterbacks like the Old Dominion quarterback Hayden Wolf. There's one at Central Michigan that. Brad Crawford writes for twenty four seven. He's one of the guys they have yeah. um, uh, keeping track of the portal, and and he he did a uh, I think it was yesterday. He did the best best available players in the portal right now by a twenty four seven by the twenty four sevens metrics, and they've got let's see here. Gary Bryant Jr. is a USC wide receiver. Bear Alexander is the Georgia defensive lineman. Yeah, that's uh, a big one. Derek McClendon is the edge from Florida State. Uh, Jaheim Thomas is the linebacker from Cincinnati. Uh, Caleb Etienne, who I think just picked a school, um, is the uh, Oklahoma State uh, offensive lineman. He's a tackle. Uh, Marquise Robinson is the uh, the former Auburn uh, defensive lineman. And then there's uh, and, and then it gets uh, it, go, it goes on uh, from from there. Uh, but Chance Nolan is on uh, his list. And uh, let's see here. I, I don't know if there's I don't know if there's buzz about any any schools being in the mix. There was a mm-hmm. uh, Chance Nolan did an interview. With Chris Hummer uh, earlier this year, uh, when when he first went into the portal, but like you said, there there hasn't been a ton of buzz regarding uh, schools showing heavy interest. Although that doesn't mean no. that there that there haven't there hasn't been a robust recruiting market for Chance Nolan. It just means there hasn't been a lot of talk. I believe, from, I believe from multiple. Side. I believe, and, and and I don't want to get I don't want to get it wrong on who said it, but I think there have been multiple folks who have who cover recruiting at Auburn that have that have. Said, you know, hey, we're keeping an eye on Nolan and Auburn. So um, it's definitely something you don't want to rule out. Um, but I think it's also, yeah, he is your best. At, he's like really the only um, power five quarterback with starting experience, really, in the portal right yeah, now. Yeah, if, if he were to, if, if he, I mean, he would he would represent the most experienced at the yes. power five level. He would represent the most experienced yeah. quarterback in the portal right now. And really? um, yeah, maybe, maybe Auburn. And, and I would also say that, uh, at Oregon State, you're dealing with talent issues mm-hmm. around you. Mm-hmm. If you're Oregon State's quarterback playing, even even in that league, yeah. uh, you're, you're dealing with uh, talent issues compared to the rest of the conference that uh, can make it uh, difficult to, uh, you know, it's. I think some of the some of his performance uh, could be rooted in that. Yeah, um, and I, I'm I'm just interested in like where Auburn goes and where they fit. I mean, I, I know a couple hours ago uh, or maybe earlier today. A local name uh, hit hit the transfer portal, uh, and uh, and and Tay Woody, who you know was a twenty twenty class of twenty twenty two kid, three star from Lafette, was offensive lineman. Florida State had him at defensive tackle this past year, and then he he tweeted today that he's entering the transfer portal. I wonder, it, new staff, but local kid. I wonder if I wonder if Auburn would be interested in in, in you know kicking down that door. There's yet. also uh, Al Pogue's son uh, in the portal. Yes. I don't know if you saw, yeah, that's uh, is Nasir. it uh, Nasir Pogue, a former Auburn High mm-hmm. product uh, who is uh, now at uh, was at Troy and and went into the portal and, and was a uh, you know had 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 group of five interests. Yep. Around and, and his dad is at Missouri mm-hmm. uh, now, so there there could be I don't know we'll, we'll see we'll see what what kind of market there is for uh, for, for Nasir Pogue, but but he's also a, a local product uh, in the portal. We're going to take our first break. We'll be back with more. You are listening to the Monday edition or the Tuesday edition of the Drive. Let's get back to the Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back to The Drive. Dan Peck, Justin Ferguson, Drew at the controls. Justin, before we continue, tell everybody about the Auburn Observer and the fine work you and everyone else uh, do over there. Well, that includes you now. Yeah, I know. That's why so, I said it. Yeah. That's why I said it. I, I used to just I used to just credit you, but now it's now it's a. Uh, it's, t- it's it's always been a team effort, but shout it's out, a bigger team the, now. Shout out to Painter. We might bleep that on the podcast. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but but let's. Uh, uh, yeah, t- tell everybody about the Observer. Yeah, uh, you can check out the Auburn Observer newsletter that I do covering Auburn football, men's basketball. We put something out pretty much every day of the week, every weekday here in the off season, whether it's a newsletter or a podcast. So. Uh, right now, you can check out the story today I wrote about Auburn's quarterback situation and kind of what is Auburn looking for at quarterback and just what that all kind of entails moving forward. Um, you know, we talk about the transfer portal. We talk about what Hugh Freezes and, and Philip Montgomery are wanting to see out of these guys. Uh, and then kind of do a little history lesson about what kind of the past of both of those coaches can tell us about, you know, what Auburn's doing at quarterback. I'll have a story out uh, tomorrow morning, my newsletter on Auburn. Uh, basketball and uh, a key area that I think a lot of people have talked about in the transfer portal um, the need to get offense because Auburn was just so limited on offense this year but I think there's another area that's just as big as offense that Auburn's trying to address in the portal and they've already made made some moves right now got a podcast uh, also up uh, this week with Painter and Dan uh, Painter and Dan are also going to be like I said I'm, I'm going to be um, I'll have one. I have a football newsletter on Kay and Lee uh, that I'm working on that'll be out on Thursday morning that you can check out. That's been a fun one to work on. And then uh, on Friday, uh, while I take a long weekend, uh, Painter and Dan have the ship. They'll have a podcast and a mailbag together. And I, and I will contribute to the. Yes. Uh, I, I will contribute to the mailbag. And if you'd like to ask a question, Justin yes. Ferguson, to the mailbag, I, think I don't know be, about that. I think it would be very appropriate. Maybe do it anonymously, uh, <laughs> and you'll fi- find it find sure. some sort of some sort of wrestling alias. And uh, ooh, that's a good one. You know, what, would you, what would be your mass wrestler name? Yeah. Uh, but but the uh, uh, we, and we will talk because there's been a lot of activity. Uh, we will talk basketball transfer portal yep. at the top of hour number two. I don't want to just do a couple of minutes on that because we are going to welcome Barrett Salee from CBS Sports uh, to the show uh, at the bottom of the hour. And we will talk uh, some spring football, some Braves baseball, uh, as the Seven Atlanta Braves looking like uh, the hottest team in at least the National League. Uh, I, think I, know that, I think they're the hottest team in baseball I mean, now just because the Rays have kind of cooled off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, my, my, my beloved Tampa Bay Rays have cooled off just a, a, a smidge. I, I've, I've decided i've decided at this point in my life to adopt the tampa bay rays as my american league team uh mostly because of you know their affiliation with the montgomery biscuits sure. um, yeah, history, and, in the, history in the baking yeah and i shout, se- shout out to everybody in uh, montgomery and i've seen uh i've seen a good number of like really good rays players over the last decade or so come through montgomery yeah. so that's always cool to see and i then, got to see longoria yeah uh, i got to see longoria yeah, a couple Longo. times as a biscuit yeah um carl crawford, carl crawford. A, carl crawford on a rehab stint yeah that was yeah. that was cool to see um i believe bj upton played there yes he did yeah, yeah. Uh, some other good ones. That's when Desmond Jennings was like the biggest name in uh, in 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 the Rays organization as well. Uh, David Price, I watched. Well, I think David Price only had like two or three starts in Montgomery, and we so we just so happened to be there for for one of them. Um, but uh, yeah, the Rays kind of cool enough. But I, I I do enjoy the way the Rays build 
their team. Like they just scout the snot out of, especially the international uh, market. Yeah, going out and, and just I mean, get really good value. Yeah, to go get a Rosarena and uh, and 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 El Patron, I think you know to me that's th- those are those are massive acquisitions, and it's probably I mean unless you can get them Brave style to take you know team friendly deals for the bulk of their prime, those are going to be tough players to keep as as Tampa sure. Bay Rays. I really hope they can get the. Uh, stadium uh, situation yeah. uh, uh, solidified because it's it's a market that that will come out and support professional sports. I mean the lightning oh, yeah. lightning, lightning games are madness when that team is Bucks good. Have the, good the, the, the Bucks have good attendance. Uh, the, the, I think the you know, even the Rowdies you know on, on the Bay oh, yeah. the, the second second division. Uh, There's uh, some soccer, history there. Yeah, uh, can, can get some. Uh, some, some the other some thing with the Rays is like they always have like nine dudes who look exactly the same as their starting pitchers, and they're all like. Potential like all stars, like no, caliber arms. Their yeah, their ability to go find. I mean, any baseball team can go find like, just just guys, right? I mean, you, you watch the A's, and it's but, but a to glorified find, AAA team yeah, playing to, to, to in find, Oakland right now. To, yeah, to find a team that that's that's able to consistently turn yeah, limited resources into, I mean, which the A's did for such a really long time. Yeah, and could be in the process of doing again, but. It's, it's, I mean, two years ago, two years ago, they were like, they were like a winning team. Yeah, like not making the playoffs. A lot of, like a lot of those up. guys are still in baseball, contributing uh, somewhere else. For other teams. Uh, we're we're going to talk to Barrett when we come back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the drive. On the drive, the drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. It's the drive, Dan Peck. Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer drew at the controls, the capable one. Bill Cameron in Nashville, Tennessee for the week. He will be back on Monday. So we've uh, we've switched some things around, but we are thrilled to welcome in our usual hour number one on Tuesday guest, the, uh, the one and only, the institution, Barrett Salee from CBS Sports and Sirius XM. How you doing, Barrett? I'm good, Dan. You replaced Bill Cameron with Justin Ferguson. I mean, that is like, I mean, that is a big well, step and, up. Man. And ooh, a big step oh, wow. up. There you I go, was, Barry. I was, I was, I was that's expecting like, the complete that's opposite like, of this. Yeah, I was going to tell. Like, I was going like, like, to explain. That's like replacing Millie Vanilli with the Beatles. <laughs> Uh, so Ju- Justin knows who those artists are, right? You've heard, oh, sure. You've heard yeah. of those. He's, 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 a, he's a kid. Uh, no, Barrett, uh, the, uh, uh, I, I was about to explain that we got draft considerations along with Justin, you know, so it wasn't no. as though, you know, it wasn't a, it's it, wasn't, trade. it wasn't a one for one. Yeah, there, there's, there's been some other stuff, you know, player, other player, assets, broadcaster to be named later could be, uh, uh, could be mixing. You know what? Let's talk because there's, there's not a, a ton of pressing spring football. Uh, news over the last week or so. We're going to be carrying here on ESPN 106.7 a lot of ESPN radios, I think all of ESPN radios coverage of the NFL draft next week. And there are both some Auburn uh, players that, that we're going to wait to hear from. But there's also, I mean, this is a, a fascinating quarterback draft. You could have four of the first five quarterbacks off the board coming from the SEC. You've got a really polarizing, well, a couple of really polarizing quarterbacks. So let's start here, Barrett. Carolina, uh, with the first pick, they've traded up 
it sounds like Bryce Young, according to you know folks with an opinion about it. The uh, the, the betting markets really like Dra- Bryce Young uh, to be the first overall pick uh, for the Carolina Panthers. What do you think if it ends up being Bryce Young? What do you think of the decision by Carolina to move up and go get Alabama's quarterback? I mean, I would get C.J. Stroud, but I mean, but look, Bryce Young, you're not going to go wrong with him. I think that he, he is the one. Is, the the size issue is. I, I think the size thing is one problem, but it's not height. Everyone focuses on height. It's not height. It's that he's not thick. Like everyone compares him to Kyler Murray. You know, in terms of his height, Kyler Murray. You stand next to him, he looks like he's made in CGI, like some. You know, artificial intelligence machine built him. I mean, it's just, he looks different. I mean, Bryce Young, you stand next to me, just looks like a dude, right? So I think that's the one thing with him. C.J. Stroud, I think, is a better quarterback in terms of, of accuracy. I think he's more accurate deep downfield. And I think they didn't use him enough on the ground, maybe use him at all on the ground until the semifinal where he, you know, had like, what, 50 yards in the fourth quarter on the ground. Like, I think he's, a more complete quarterback, and I think he's built to withstand punishment, and I don't know if Bryce Young is. Barrett, where do you stand on the whole Anthony Richardson hype train? Or It's it's been so fascinating because to me it seems like everybody's trying to find the next Josh Allen with him, and I, I get he tests super well, but I also watched him play at Florida, and I know you did as well. Yeah, I mean, watching him play football is probably something that people should actually do <laughs> because he can't complete passes. Like, but I, you're right about people just really want to will the next Josh Allen into existence. And it's Anthony Richardson or it's Will Levis. Like, it's those two guys to me are just, it, they're going to make so much money on being somewhat similar to somebody else. I mean, I, I, that's just, it is utterly bizarre that Anthony Richardson is getting that much hype. Uh, he's inaccurate, he overthrows people. And you go back and look at some of his runs. Yeah, he can run. I mean, there's this one highlight they keep showing of him on the ground against LSU where it wasn't that he was good. It's that LSU just decided they just wanted to bump into him instead of tackle him. It's like, I mean, come on, guys. I, I don't understand the hype. I don't understand the infatuation with him. If you actually watch him play, he's not that good. And it certainly is not a good passer. So, Dude, I don't get it. I really don't understand. Yeah, I um, you know, if you're taking a quarterback in the top five or the top ten of the NFL draft, it just seems like in order for that guy to justify his position, he needs to become, you know, a perennial Pro Bowler, like a guy who's you know a, fr- a franchise cornerstone for a long time. Yeah. And there's there's a chance Anthony Richardson becomes that. But I would be really queasy if I were in that, you know, if I were in the driver's seat for one of these organizations to make the decision that that's the guy that we're going to invest, you know, that kind of, of draft capital. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a real, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a scary one for me. So let's, um, look, looking at, uh, the, well, okay. So first of all, with Anthony Richardson, because you've got, there's rumors that the Indianapolis Colts, you know, are, are a team that could be interested. And I've heard Barrett, you, you mentioned Josh Allen. I've heard people make the comparison to Jalen Hurts with, with Anthony Richardson, and that's that's crazy to me because I watched Jalen Hurts. I watched Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma even before that when he was the SEC Player of the Year as a freshman at Alabama, and and he seemed as a as a passer as a general quarterback, uh, you know, his development was far ahead of where Anthony Richardson is right now, right? Well, and remember what the knock against Jalen was, right? He's good on short and intermediate routes, but he can't hit the long ball, right? 
Well, Anthony Richardson can't do short and intermediate. And last time I checked, you're not going four verts all day long. Although, in Madden, I do. But in reality, that's not what happens. So, I mean, it's, it's the knock against Jalen is almost the complete opposite. It's that he can run and he's ultra-conservative and a game manager. Anthony Richardson theoretically can run, and theoretically he should be able to manage a game because he can throw. He just can't throw two actual people so, so with uh we, we skipped over i mean you mentioned that you like stroud a little bit more than uh, than bryce young if, if it's bryce with the first overall pick to carolina do you think it's an easy no-brainer decision for houston to take cj stroud with the second pick well yeah but it's the texans so and I don't know how much of this is negotiation and how much of this is maybe trying to get somebody to offer you know the mike ditka Right and, and give their entire draft to, to move up to two because they like a quarterback so much. But I know there's been talk of D'Amico Ryan's maybe wanting the team to go defense uh, with with that pick instead of taking uh, whichever quarterback is available between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. But uh, no, that that's uh, yeah. It's, it, I I would agree uh, that if if uh, as as tempted as I would be to improve the line of scrimmage and see what kind of quarterbacks are there later, you know, if you believe C.J. Stroud has that kind of ceiling and has a real chance of achieving it, you, you got to take him there. You do, but also, you know, I think the bit, most interesting piece of this is, you know, okay, after C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, you have the Will Levis, Anthony Richardson thing, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, I think the, the one guy who's going to really change things up is Hendon Hooker because oh, yeah. there are some teams that are in love with him or falling in love with him right now. So... If some of those teams are, say, I don't know, the Texans, then you could see them almost try to trick somebody into overpaying for number two, knowing that their quarterback's going to be number 15 or number 16 in the draft anyway, right? So I think Hooker's kind of like the key right now because everyone seems to love the physical attributes of Richardson and, and Levis. They they love the success and attributes that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud have. But then Hendon Hooker's the guy that I think a lot of people are going to say, okay, well, I can kind of fall back, and if he's my fallback option, then giddy up. Barrett, uh, if you had to bank on one of these Auburn guys in the draft just being very successful in the NFL, like the like the most successful of this class, and there's a few options here, wh- which one would you go with? Like, Who do you think of this this crew from Auburn coming out you think is, is going to be in the league for a while? I know it's kind of reckless to say a running back, but Tank Bigsby, to yeah. me, I mean, I think it's in the NFL now, you know, there are three or four running backs per team that are really doing damage in a variety of different ways. And tank is, you know, he runs a little upright. He's not really between the tackles guy. Okay. That's fine. The NFL doesn't really care. You know, they'll find ways to get him the ball. So, you know, I, I think that was evident this year with Isaiah Pacheco from the chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's not, he's not going to be a bruiser. He's not going to be an every down back. But you can get into him a variety of different ways, and he can he can do some damage. So I think if as long as they don't ask Tank to be a thirty carry a, a, a game back, he's going to find ways to get the ball. Yeah, see, it feels like there are players at a couple of different positions where if you wait, and and granted, we we probably follow the SEC a little bit more closely than the other conferences when when I say this, but there are. If, if you wait in a couple of different positions, there are promising-looking players. You mentioned Hendon Hooker. Maybe if you wait on the first wave of quarterbacks, you can find the Hendon Hooker. If you wait on, uh, you know, if you, if you pass on Bijan Robinson, maybe maybe 
uh, Jameer Gibbs or Tank Bigsby could pay yeah. dividends uh, l- later on yeah. in the draft. I mean, there's uh, there, there's a few options uh, like that where I'm uh, I'm interested to see if if some SEC players uh, shake out uh, later on as uh, as as uh, successful picks. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's funny now because I hear Nolan Smith being like the one that's dropping because of his injury. I'm like, what? Like, like what? did I miss? Like when Nolan Smith was was a bad player? I don't, I don't understand. Is anyone is anyone going to be surprised if Eli Ricks goes in the second or third round and then is an NFL player for a decade? Like, I mean, because no. that's because that's what Not I think. I think that's what's probably going to end up happening. Like, I see Eli Ricks outside of the top forty-five in in people's uh, lists, and I say, you know, I I just I I, I smell a rat there, Barrett. Sure, I go know. ahead. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, so so we're uh, we're talking with Barrett Salee from from CBS Sports and, and Sirius XM about the uh, about the, about the NFL draft and and some other stuff uh, going on in the world of sports. Uh, we've uh, uh, we were talking some Braves uh, a, l- a little bit earlier in the show. Feels like. You know, full steam ahead right now. Like th- things are going really well for the uh, for the Braves. They have not, uh, for the most part, they have not missed uh, Rizel Iglesias, who they will get back this season and, and could factor in uh, high leverage roles at the uh, at the end of games. But uh, so far, uh, so far, so good for the Braves. And and now uh, now Grissom's up too. Yeah, how about those four shutout innings from the uh, from the bullpen yesterday? Yeah. I mean, man, it, everything's going right. And guess what? Marcelo Zuna got an actual base. <laughs> yeah. Like. It's unbelievable. Like, everything's going. He's almost above the Ozuna line, which is uh, batting 100. That's the, you know, it's not the uh, Mendoza line at 200. It's the Ozuna line at 100. But, yeah, I mean, it's everything's going well. I mean, I, I love Bryce Elder, man. I, every time, you know, we, anybody talks about the Braves with me, it's like, uh, uh, Bryce Elder's been money. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, t- he's earned a spot in that rotation. And, I mean, Mark, uh, I love that Vaughn Grissom has come back from, uh, what was a very disappointing fielding effort in game one yep. uh, to to really be all right back there. And if he's just all right at short, um, you, you know he can hit. We've seen that. If I had to guess right now, I would say that the series the Braves are playing at the moment will be the NLCS. Like I, I, I would think that Brave, Braves-Padres feels yeah. like it could be the NLCS. Tatis comes back later this week. Uh, Padres were, you know, they're 8-10 right now, but they've also got some notorious slow starters on their team. I was looking at Blake Snell's career numbers, and he is a terrible pitcher in May and June just historically in his Major League Baseball career. And then he pitches like a Cy Young Award winner in July and August and September without fail. Like, that's that's Blake Snell's career, which, you know, I wonder... I wonder how you fix that, right? Like, do you do you get started? Uh, do you get started earlier in the in the off season with your routine? Do you do you skip spring training? Like, I don't I don't know how the the math average is out there, but the Braves will face him tonight with uh, uh, Spencer Strider, and uh, and it's it's I think Bill mentioned this yesterday. It, the, these two teams don't play each other again for a for the rest, it, of, season. For the rest of the regular no, season. Right? This, the next yeah, time, if they play each other again, the next time it would be in the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, good to get snow when uh, when it is a little a little chilly out. And man, Juan Soto for them too—he's batting under two hundred, and he's striking out as much as he's walking. Which I mean, he prides himself on walks. So yeah, he I mean, seems, uh, Soto seems as affected as any hitter 
by the new rules as yeah. far as the clock because that's yeah. a guy who liked to stall and that's a guy who liked to really take time between pitches and it feels like he he's he's being rushed a little bit uh, you know there have been a couple pitchers that are noticeably uh, you know they, they you know, get get confused about, about things I think uh, Grinky and and um, you know there there have even been some language issues with with various pitchers you know sort of translation issues but but the as far as hitters go Soto seems the one who's who's the most but I would I would guess he's going to iron that out because he's yeah because he's because he's Juan Soto and I would I'd be careful about betting against him. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, Soto, you know, he used to call time right before the first pitch of like every at bat. Yep. You know, and now it's like, and, and he used to do that, that lunge thing for the first ball of every at bat. And it's like, well, now that, that takes a, a good three, four seconds away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you need that. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's interesting what the Padres have become. And I, you're right. I think they'll be in the NLCS. I think they're a really good team, but it's, it's not exactly the, the start I think a lot of them envision. Barrett, how how uh, surprised would you be if you could go back in time and tell your past self, hey, the Braves would be you know best record in the NL right now with Michael Harris and Travis Darno and Max Freed and Orlando Arcia and all these guys missing Rizel Iglesias, uh, Kyle Wright missing extended time. They've all those guys have already been on the IL and and, and the Braves got the best record in the National League. Like that's it's incredible because we. Yeah, because we've been talking about for the last couple of years just how the Braves have gotten off to these terribly slow starts, and now for a change, they're looking like a team that they should be one of the best teams in baseball to start the year. Here's the thing, Ferg. What if this is the slow start? <laughs> hey, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. <laughs> I would, I would love, I would love for the Mets to start losing a little bit more right now because I think yeah, that would be helpful. Yeah, the Braves going on this long winning streak's great, but like when I look down and see the Mets have one uh, almost as long, it's just eh, not as great. But at least I, the Phillies stuff. Man, that is that one is yeah. just like I keep looking up at Phillies games. I'll be like, like. Like they're playing teams that are not very good and getting smacked, and by they them. and they weren't they weren't great in the first ninety days of the season last yeah. year either, and they are going to get Bryce back at some point, and he's going to you know he's he's going to put a jolt into that lineup. But you're right, some uh, uh, some, uh, some 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 struggles there early uh, for the uh, defending National League champions, Barrett. Uh, real quick, uh, any spring football or transfer portal uh, stuff that's really piqued your interest in the last uh, in the last few days? Portal window opened up back in uh, you know back back over the weekend. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised there hasn't been a Georgia quarterback jump in and maybe an Ole Miss quarterback, too. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a case of, you know, we're kind of, you know, finding out that team coaches and, and teams that have spring games on the 22nd kind of have stuff to do right now. And so they're not necessarily tampering or looking at players. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the one thing. And also, I think you're going to find a lot of people next cycle maybe wait around for this transfer portal. I think, um, you know, the, the first one – this year, since it was like the inaugural one, inaugural one, like of all of all time, you know, it's kind of like going to, you know, the the Chevy dealership and seeing a Ferrari and be like, oh, I'm going to buy that, and then realizing, man, that that payment kind of sucks. I can't really afford that. I think next year you're going to see maybe players be a little bit more responsible. Sticker shock, little little, little, sti- little sticker Seriously. shock could be coming to the uh, to the industry. Very, very interesting stuff. Seriously. Barrett, tell uh, everybody how they can find you in in all the uh, the, the different things you do. Uh, you can uh, follow on Twitter and Instagram at Barrett Salee. Download the CBS Sports app. Listen to Sirius XM on Sunday morning and watch on uh, CBS Sports HQ. Thank you very much, Barrett. Appreciate your time, as always.
My pleasure. And subscribe to Justin's site. He does a great job. Uh, yes, he, uh, yes, thanks, he does. Barrett. Barrett Salee from CBS Sports that. and Sirius XM with the unsolicited observer plug there at the end of the segment. We'll be back to wrap up hour number one. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Final segment of our number one here on the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Thanks again to Barrett Salee from CBS Sports and Sirius XM for joining us. Dan Peck, uh, Drew at the controls, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer hanging out with us for another half hour or so. Yep. We'll talk some basketball recruiting uh, when we start hour number two as there's been some, uh, uh, there, there have been headlines involving players that have been linked to Auburn uh, as far as d- different decisions they could make. Auburn could be uh, getting uh, visits from different targets in the next few days. It's, a, it's an important this is a really important, I'd say, between now and the end of the semester, between the end of the NCAA tournament and the end of most teams, you know, the beginning of May or so, has become, I mean, gradually it's become more and more important in college basketball because you, you always had the draft, or, you know, of late you've had, you know, players making draft decisions and deciding whether or not to come back to school. Right. But now you factor in the movement in the transfer portal and how many different players are switching schools and making the jump and making themselves available to be recruited. And this this month and what last week last week was the first week that players could take official visits in basketball, I think, or this uh, maybe yeah, it was week, coming off the dead period. Yeah, we, there we, was we, a, there was a period earlier. The announcements, I think it was well, it's the first one since the final four was over, right? Because you had the dead period and then you had players on campus. I think when Denver two Jones weeks, two weeks when, ago. Yeah, when Denver Jones visited Auburn. Like yes, I think that was the that first, was the first that was that was coming off the dead period. Right. And so so we've had two weekends where players could make official visits, transfer portal players could make official visits and coaches could welcome them. This this upcoming weekend figures to be another busy weekend for that, not just at Auburn, but around Around college basketball. I mean, this has become a really important time, and, and we'll talk about why and some of the players that Auburn is uh, is, is after. Uh, there's there's also a question I got that I will throw to Justin Ferguson in the next segment. Uh, has there been any word on replacing Wes Flanagan on the Auburn staff and and where Auburn could go there? So we'll talk uh, with Justin Ferguson about that when we come back. Do not go anywhere. Another hour to go here on the Tuesday edition of The Drive. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. 
I'm Christine Lisi. Bill Safety Demar Hamlin's gotten the green light to resume his NFL career, and he plans on doing just that. Hamlin told reporters his heart's still in the game, and what happened in Cincinnati on January 2nd when he went into cardiac arrest is not the end of his story. Specialists have cleared him to resume playing without any fear of setbacks or complications. Where Hamlin is today is no surprise to teammate quarterback Josh Allen. Never going to doubt a guy like that who's had a lot of adversity in his life, and he's continued to find ways, and uh, this is just another obstacle that he's been able to to get around and, and push forward and um, super excited for him super excited for our team uh, you know he's a he's a heck of a football player and we love having him back Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts had minor ankle surgery this offseason reports ESPN's Tim McManus he'll be a full participant in the Eagles offseason program when it begins next week NBA playoffs Milwaukee's Giannis Antetokounmpo did not practice today due to a back contusion the team is optimistic about his status for game two tomorrow against the Heat Grizzlies point guard John Morant will be a game time decision for game two tomorrow night against the Lakers because of a hand injury. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV and RV and more. And if something wasn't mentioned that you had in mind, find out if it can be covered at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Because it probably can be. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Drew at the controls. Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer hanging out with us for another couple of segments. Uh, Bill Cameron is in Nashville for the week at a conference. Bachelorette party. That's right. Going to go see the Preds. Uh, you know, in, in the, uh, in, <laughs> I don't think they're in the playoffs. Are they not in the playoffs? No. We, that, that, it's and, not a, it was not a great year for the Preds. And this concludes our NHL pre- playoff preview. Hey, had two two overtime games going on at the same time last night. Yeah, that was, I, that was a lot of fun. I uh, I was wondering the last time that the Kings <laughs> won playoff games on the same night in both basketball, oh, wow, and, yeah. basketball and hockey. Shoot, but that's got to be a minute. I feel like it's been a while wow. since we've had, we've had that occurring with, the, uh, with, with, with Sacramento and, and, here's and Los the, Angeles. Here's, here's my pitch. As somebody who's an extremely casual hockey fan, and I know this area of the country is not hockey country by any means. The Ning, right? You're going to tell them to root, root, for the, root, root for my Tampa Bay Lightning? No, no, no. Okay. Um, I'm gonna ta- <laughs> I'll tell you, though, if you – I mean, there's a lot of playoff – I mean, there's eight series going on right now. Um if you see on your ESPN app, or if you look down, or if you're flipping through channels and you see a playoff game in overtime, watch it. Oh yeah, it is. You don't have to know anything about hockey. You don't have to know anything about it about anything like that. Just enjoy Golden Goal hockey, which is which is a whole lot of fun. Um, and so, yeah, my team, my adopted team, uh, Seattle, right, is the yeah. Seattle Kraken. Yeah. Kraken. They got they have the defending Stanley Cup champions. So making the playoffs in their second year as a franchise, really big, really big accomplishment. Proud of proud of the Kraken, but they get they get to face. They're not at full strength right now, but they get to face you know probably the second best team in hockey just because the Bruins are so good this year. But um, I, you know I'm kind of kicking myself. Speaking of hockey, 
Got to kick it myself. I should have. I had it on my mind and it slipped at the last moment. We got caught up talking about the Braves. I wanted to ask Barrett about the Atlanta NHL rumors kicking Ooh, back up. Yeah. Um, there is uh, announced yesterday there is a billion-dollar arena development being uh, built in uh, the Alpharetta area um, in hopes of trying to draw an NHL team. And the NHL, if I remember correctly, the NHL is up to 32 now, so it's more of would it be oh, the arena? Would it be the arena where relocation? Saw, would it be the arena where we saw dynamite? Would they would they run gas south, or would it probably be like downtown? No, they're they're going to build Phillips. a. They're oh, going oh, to build, build, build a, a hockey arena. Yeah, build a build a one billion dollar in Alpharetta. Fascinating. Um, and make it like a big development, like hotel, retail, like you know. That's why everything's doing now. Interesting. But there's always been rumors and talk of uh, you're probably lure Phoenix's team. Yeah, the Arizona Coyotes might be on the move. I wonder how much uh, how viable. And I don't know if there's any other ones that are strict Florida, relocation. Florida, Florida Panthers. I think there's it feels like the Panthers are, they, are always talked about yeah, until like that. Out, but so so yeah. Well, there I mean, are playoff teams. I would lo- I would love to see Atlanta get back in the, uh, in the in the NHL game. Let's take care of some business for hour number two here on the uh, on on the Tuesday drive. We're, we're going to talk with uh, uh, Jake Crane at the bottom of the hour from Crane and Company. Hour number two of the drive. Brought to you by the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. You can call the show on the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390. You can text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. So, Justin, I was uh, teasing in the first hour that we might uh, get some uh, some basketball training. Transfer portal talk out of you. I would think th- there could be, uh, you know, another another move or two with the mm-hmm. Auburn roster as no. it is now. Still don't have any official word on Alan Flanagan. I think I think most people are expecting him not to return um, to the to the program, but still got to get the official word. Yeah, I technically, still got to get the official word from Jalen Williams as well. Um, but there could be some more movement. There's still there's still time, and Auburn is definitely going after a lot of different options in the portal right now. Right, and the NBA draft deadline is coming up. I think in, um, I, I believe I, for some reason I thought it was this month that they had to mm-hmm. uh, the players had to announce uh, when they like were. Zach Eady announced for the draft today. The big the big man yeah. out of Purdue, but still. Uh, Keeping his eligibility. So underclassmen who want to declare for the draft, and I don't know if Alan Flanagan would qualify as as, as an underclassman who wants to declare for the draft. I don't I don't know how this works because the the COVID year has, has thrown this off a little bit. But under he has played four years. So. Underclassmen who want to declare for the draft have until eleven fifty nine p.m. Eastern on April twenty third. So That's less coming up less than a week before yeah. the draft deadline for underclassmen. Now they uh, can uh, I believe the dropout uh, deadline for players who do that is the last day of May. So if you're a player who has announced uh, that they are in the draft with college eligibility remaining, uh, you can you have until the uh, the May 31st at 11:59 p.m. Eastern uh, to withdraw uh, from the NBA draft not, and return w- to college basketball. Would not be surprised at all if over the next week or so you may hear some guys enter the draft from Auburn that will I won't say most likely but could more than likely um come back to to Auburn next season. That happens every year. It happens every year with these guys. They go into the draft. They get that evaluation. They get that basically that free evaluation. No penalties involved. Come back to the team and and you know know what they need to work on. That happens all. I think Dylan Carwell's done it a few times. Obviously, Allen and Jalen have done it. Uh, it's just something that, that you do. And, and of course, there are other other paths to uh, to professional basketball outside sure. of of the draft. Uh, but yeah, I you know, I guess the the thing I'm surprised by is that there hasn't been. 
some clarity regarding Alan Flanagan yeah. at this point. Like, right. I'm waiting to, and, and maybe we'll know more when the semester's over. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, you know, maybe he wants to wait until classes are over before deciding one thing or another. Uh, but between, because he has options. He could stay at Plenty Auburn. Of options. He, he could stay at Auburn and, and presumably play 25, 30 minutes a game for, sure. for next year's team. Absolutely. He could uh, go somewhere else in college basketball. You You would think that Playing for his dad would be one option, but maybe he wants to go play for the best team possible. And there, there would probably be a market for Alan Flanagan oh, if, he, if he went into the portal and opened up his recruitment. So Alan Flanagan, I wouldn't just limit it to like, it's not just Auburn or Ole Miss if he's playing college basketball mm-hmm. next year. Like there are, yeah. I mean, it, it is it is wide open as far as what Alan. I, mean, I think he's the guy who could who could go pro right right now. Yeah, and play and play somewhere uh, for money because I think he's got a. I think he's got a physicality and a, and a body, especially as as somebody uh, at full strength now. I think he's professional basketball player. He, he gives you a lot as a physical wing, and I think he can hold up against against a lot of grown men just the way he plays basketball. And, and I think it sort of casts a shadow over whatever Auburn is trying to do as far as recruiting at the three, because there's this and, question. Unless, <laughs> and, unless and, and they've gone after now. We know two pretty hard uh, for guys that I, I, I would think most likely to be your threes next year. Right. Which which would almost. I mean, I I would imagine that's Auburn preparing for Alan Flanagan to leave. But right. you would want those players on the team, sure. Even if Alan Flanagan spots. comes back. So yeah. let's talk about uh, the the targets that Auburn has because you know I think that Alan Flanagan sort of sets up uh, you know what, what Auburn is trying to do at the three. Well, two two players that Auburn has been linked to in the portal. Let's start with the maybe the more familiar name for people because he used to play for Auburn, and that's Devin Cambridge over at Arizona. Oh, State. technically, uh, okay. Oh, was he not one of them? Did well, you have- well, yeah, three. I mean, I mean, Devin, Devin obviously yeah. is another one. Yeah, there's three names that I could look at it at the wing. Yeah, Devin Cambridge, um, you know, reportedly considering a visit to Auburn here this week. Um, I mean, I think, uh, on, I think the on three folks from Arizona State. Uh, crystal ball him to Auburn. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, from it, some of the folks A reunion makes a yeah. lot of sense. Last year, he playing time would have been limited last year on a fully healthy team, especially if Chance Westry was healthy, Alan Flanagan, you know, Katie Johnson, what, what Auburn was trying to get, you know, kind of through. Obviously, Westry's injury limited like that, but I mean, there, you, you would have taken Cambridge last year if you knew you weren't going to have Westry for most of the season. Um, but Devin goes to Arizona State, uh, plays with his brother Desmond, goes to the NCAA tournament, has a good year. I got better at, across the board, I think, at Arizona State, which is a good sign. A reunion where he can come and give you some good minutes next season, I think, makes a ton of sense. And so, um, you know, good rebounder, obviously a really good good jumper. Um, you know, guy who can guy who can finish. I, I thought his defense got better his last year at Auburn. Um, it would make a ton of sense for him to come in and 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 give you some good minutes next season. Um, the big one, the the big one, a lot of people are talking about is Matthew Cleveland. And Matthew Cleveland, um, some of you may be may be aware who of of Matthew Cleveland, even if you don't follow um, college basketball recruiting very closely. Matthew Cleveland played for the Atlanta Celtics, the great AAU team, uh, with Jabari Smith. Both guys were the same in the 2021 class. Jabari was a top five prospect. Um, Cleveland was a top 25 prospect, both five stars. They had talked about playing together uh, at the college level, but Florida State really really went hard after after Cleveland ended up getting him. Matthew Cleveland, 6'7", um, has that guard. He's a wing. I think he, he would definitely be be a three, and, and, and Bruce Sisson probably could also do some small ball four. Um Great rebounder. Uh, this is a guy who averaged nearly eight boards a game last year. Uh, was the ACC Sixth Man of the Year last season. 
And I know, I know Florida State was not very good this year, but I don't think it was due to a lack of production from, from Matthew Cleveland. He had a, he had a really, it was like 15 and 8 last year, led Florida State in pretty much every category, got better as a three point shooter. Um, he's, he's a incredible wing, one of the best rebounding, one of the best rebounders, one of the best athletes. If you want a guy who can plug and play what you could potentially be losing in Allen Flanagan and bringing another guy in, it, Cleveland makes a ton of sense. When I, when five, star, you, five star pedigree as well. Yeah, I mean, when when I tell you Kansas State, Kentucky, Miami, and Michigan are after a basketball oh, yeah. player, I mean, th- their track record of bringing talent in would tell you, like, okay, this yep. guy, that this guy has, Auburn you know, has that familiarity. Um, you know, he, they 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 went after him pretty hard in high school, wanted to get him and, and Jabari together. That didn't work out. Auburn gets a second shot at him. This is very similar. I think a couple years removed, it's very similar to. You know, we're recruiting Walker Kessler, where it's like, hey, we missed out on you the first time around. Could the second time be a charm in the portal, which is what you always want. All right, so there's Devin Cambridge mm-hmm. and Matthew Cleveland as potential targets for Auburn at the three. And then and then you also have to talk about because uh, last night it was reported that he is going to make a visit uh, on Thursday this week to Auburn. Cheney Johnson uh, from, uh, from Alabama Huntsville, D2 star. He was the Gulf South player of the year last season. Um, great player. Uh, I believe it was like fifteen and six uh, is what he averaged last season. Maybe a little bit more than that. Uh, career thirty eight, thirty nine percent three point shooter. Uh, play. Uh, I think. Oh, I, I, I just blanked on it on, on the top of my head. Um, he played at. He played. Is he a Thompson? Is he a Thompson kid? He, he's from. He's from Alabama. He's a, he's an in state guy. Goes to UAH. Has three really successful years there. Um, if you watched or were around Auburn's exhibition against UAH to start this past season, uh, he fouled out, but I believe he had 15 and five that game. Uh, was by far UAH's best player. Held his own against Auburn's uh, Auburn's wings and forwards. Um, so really good, really good player. And um, again, very similar to Matthew Cleveland, I think, in in terms of. You guessed. You guessed Thompson, right? Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's. I thought well that was right. Well um, really good. Off, I was off the dome, folks. That six seven, but six seven rebounder can score in a variety of ways. Um, has familiarity with the with the team and the staff already. Uh, makes a lot of sense, and he's and he's making a visit. Um, and you can get value out of D two. You you definitely can get value out of D two. I would not, if you're an Auburn fan, you I would not scoff at the fact that you could get somebody from from Division Two because every now and then there are a few D one players who they make that jump up and they can contribute for if, you. If the plan right is for Jalen Williams and Janai Broom to play thirty two thirty five minutes a game, probably less than that, just because they're big may, men. May, maybe a little bit less. You're, you're yeah. still you're gonna but, play them around thirty a game. But, but I don't know if you have I don't know if you have a ton of minutes to be offering in the front court right now yep. on the recruiting trail, and so someone who would be looking for an opportunity to jump into the SEC like a D2 star like mm-hmm. Janie Johnson um you know and, and I think you've also got you've got Dylan Cardwell uh, uh, you know coming back yep. you, Chris Moore uh, can, can provide it's, it's, some help it's I, don't know, how much, I don't know how much they use Chris at the 4 uh, they, that it, was what he played last year right, right but I mean I, you know I, I, on it's a, interesting I wonder, it's interesting yeah Chris Moore is is the interesting cuz I I think about it this way um, Get well soon to Chris, by the way, too. I know, I know. He's absolutely, yeah. Uh, on the men from everything that happened to him at the end of last season. Um, think about it this way: if if you bring everybody back who you think you're going to bring back right now, you have Janai Broom and Dylan Carwell as your fives. You have Jalen Williams at your four, at the four. 
but you don't have anybody at the three, and then Chris Moore is a three or a four. So you think about it is at the at the three or the four, you can think about it depending on where you put Chris Moore. You have two spots to fill, essentially, if you want to have two deep at every position like Auburn did last year. Then at the two, you have Denver Jones and Katie Johnson, and then you have uh, Trey Donaldson and um, Aiden Holloway at the one. You mix and match those guys out in the back as well. So I think if you want... If you want to say at least here are ten or eleven guys we want next year to 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 play, that three and that four you need to fill, and that's where Devin Cambridge makes sense. That's where Chandy Johnson makes sense, and that's of course where uh, where Matthew Cleveland makes Do sense. You suspect, and that is if Flanagan leaves. If Flanagan right. decides to come back, that's that's one less spot. Which, which is so. sort of why the Flanagan thing I think took, you know took precedent because there's that question lingering over you know whatever they do in the front court as to you know so so at guard, do, do you suspect that between Denver? And Katie and Trey and Aiden, that they could be done, or do you think there could be uh, an addition there? Because that feels like so. Quincy feels Olivari, like a starting, yeah, yeah it feels so, like a starting unit's worth of worth of minutes there. Right? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree. Quincy Olivari, uh, Cincinnati. I believe it was was the pick. No, Xavier. Sorry, Xavier. The other Cincinnati school. Um, still right. Yeah, still right. Uh, he is going to the city of Cincinnati. He's playing for Xavier. Quincy Olivari transferring to Xavier. Um, Making that announcement, I think when Aubrey got Denver Jones, it was going to be tough for him to them to get Olivari. I, I do wonder if that's going to be the same case with uh, Kerry Okendo uh, from from uh, from Georgia. Just I mean, maybe Okendo can play the three for you, but you do look at Auburn and you see. I mean, they've made a big emphasis, I think, on getting some size back there again. And you know, Cambridge has got good size at the wing, but obviously, two six seven guys in Cleveland and Johnson that I think could give you a boost already. I mean, you look at Auburn next season, you are getting bigger in your backcourt with the addition to Denver Jones. Trey Donaldson is a bigger guy than, than uh, Wendell Green Jr. is. Aiden Holloway's not huge, but, you know, I, I think he's going to be able to shoot his way around some of the, you know, the fact that he's not the tallest guy in the world. Uh, but you could see Auburn maybe try to get even bigger uh, with some of the guys they want to add at the three or the four. And then, I mean, uh, Ben Milbrook's uh, committed to NC State today. Um, I that was always interesting to me. They're going after centers. I mean, they went after uh, Micah Hangloton, who went to Florida, and then uh, they've also contacted Russell Chewa from uh, from South Florida. So, like, there looks like they're interested in adding another seven footer if they can get one. I would watch, and there has been no talk of of Auburn uh, linking to this guy, but the other guy I would watch for, you know, depending on what happens with the other options at the three, you know, especially if if one of the two of them don't go Auburn's way. Uh, Jalen Tyson uh, went in the portal from Texas Tech, and there's <laughs> questions about. And I wonder if this is going to impact the market for him. He's transferred a couple of times, and there's a question about his eligibility. I know some uh, Tom Izzo is, is of the opinion that any player can get eligibility by citing mental health, you know, and, he, and he's worried about loopholes uh, that, that provide the NCAA. But but I'd say right behind Matthew Cleveland as a prospect, like this guy was also a you know a, a top twenty five or so national player coming out of high school. Didn't work out at Texas Tech. I think he's a year. He's class of twenty. So he'd be a year younger than Matthew Cleveland. But as far as guys that are that are out there on the market, if if Auburn if if a couple of these guys don't work out, there's another 
there's another big time three that that's gone into the portal in just the last couple of days. That that I wonder if Auburn and I keep holding a torch for Max Asmus, uh, the Oral Roberts guard, and and thinking you know someone's going to uh, to kick the tires on a a big time score from the you know from from the from the small major. Somebody level. in Texas has Texas and uh, Texas Kansas State, and there's a uh, there's a third one that that have that have all uh, reached out. Uh, now I, figured, terms. I figured the Big Twelve is probably where he's yeah, going to land yeah. after starring at Oral Roberts. Yeah, I, I think I mean that 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 was a guy. As soon as, he, as soon as he went to the portal, and if Auburn had more needed guard. You know, if you were looking at a situation where Auburn had, like we, we just we just named four players that could play twenty or more minutes for Auburn. Oh, guard, sure, you know, absolutely. This, this coming season, yeah. Um, if Auburn had one player on the team right now that could play twenty or more minutes at guard, and and the rest of it were open spots because guys had decided to leave, I, you know, oh, I'd, yeah. I'd be louder about I mean, this. I'd be louder look, about this. Max I mean, they thing. went out. They they needed one for sure, and that's why they got Denver Jones. And I think Denver Jones. Checks a lot of the boxes that you wanted in this in this class, um, in, in this transfer portal class. So yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see where they go, what direction they go with the with the rest of it. But um, yeah, I, uh, Cleveland, uh, yeah, you, you've you've got you've got uh, Cheney Johnson, Devin Cambridge as well. I think if Auburn lands two of those guys. Um, you feel pretty good about about your about your wing and and trying to reload for next season. We we, we got to take a break, but we will get to a little bit more because there have been some names that have been linked to Auburn that have uh, that that have gone elsewhere, and there, and there are a couple other pieces to talk about in the uh, transfer portal. Ben, ben Middlebrooks, I know is yeah. Uh, mentioned is, mentioned him just a moment ago. It, they look like they want to get another five, um, but you know if Carwell and uh, you know Jani Brewer are both back, it's. it's just gonna be hard to get yeah. get give those in the minute for for true fives. Yeah, and and with Cheney Johnson and Chris Moore, like there's there's uh, it, it's I mean it's, it's a squeeze. They're they're in the uh, yeah. In, I think I think Cheney. I think I think both Cheney Johnson and um, Cleveland and uh, you know obviously uh, Galli. Like I think those are all threes. I think all of those could be three options. You could play them at the four if you know. But that's where Chris Moore. I think Chris Moore. If you if if he stays around. I think Chris Morris, what makes him such a good teammate glue guy, is like you could just put him like wherever you need him, he will play. And do you really want to go in the portal while you're recovering from whatever's wrong with his shoulder? Like to me, right, I think sticking exactly. around, yeah. sticking around is is the is the no brainer for, for Chris Morris. Big Moore team guy, you know, great teammate. Yeah. A lot of a lot, a lot of people love him. Great culture dude as well. well. Let's take a break. We'll come back uh, to uh, to wrap things up with Justin, and uh, we'll be back with more. You are listening to the Tuesday edition of the Drive. Yeah, flexibility with your schedule. Really appreciate you uh, making some time. We will talk to you uh, next week. Uh, enjoy your uh, short vacation, and uh, and we will uh, we, we will keep in touch. Justin Ferguson, Absolutely. everybody. See you. We're gonna come back with Jake Crane from Crane and Company as we roll on here in hour number two. Dan Peck in the studio. Drew at the controls. You are listening to the Tuesday edition of the Drive. Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. 
Hour number two of the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Drew at the controls. Bill Cameron on vacation. He's at a, a conference up in Nashville. I guess he's, it's a work vacation, but Bill's going to find some time to have some fun in Nashville. And we will talk to Bill again on uh, Monday once he makes his return. Uh, thanks again to uh, Barrett Sully. Uh, from CBS Sports uh, for uh, hanging out with us a little bit in hour number one, and Justin Ferguson uh, from the Auburn Observer, uh, who was able to be here for most of the first 90 minutes of the show, including a segment uh, that, uh, that, that uh, because of technical problems, may not have made it into... <laughs> Into the podcast, uh, so we, you know, there may be a there may be a a radio live exclusive segment uh, there, but I think we've got most of that ironed out, and so uh, I may have accidentally pushed a button uh, during, during the previous segment, and now a, a segment will not make it onto the podcast. But that's okay as we power through with our next guest, somebody that we enjoy talking to about everything going on in the world of sports, and that's Jake Crane from Crane and Company. How are you doing on this fine Tuesday, Jake? Man, I'm doing great. Other than Bill came up to Nashville and didn't even tell me. Yeah, well, you got to track him down and and find out. He's at some sort of distance learning uh, conference, and he's been trying to get Bluebird Cafe tickets. So there's a couple of clues on where you may be able to find uh, Bill. Cameron. I'll, I'll find him. I'm trying. I, you know what? I think the uh, the the Oak Ridge boys are playing the Opry sometime in the next couple of weeks, but it's not going to be while Bill is in town. So he's not going to be able to catch uh, you know the, the Elvira uh, being uh, being sung by the uh, by, by the legends uh, there at the at the Grand Ole Opry. Jake, uh, there, there's a few things going on in, in the world of sports right now. The transfer portal has people uh, portaling in and portaling out uh, to uh, to different schools in both uh, football and men's basketball. Has there been, uh, let, let's focus on football uh, for now, has there been a development in the portal or a decision by a player uh, to leave uh, that, that has piqued your interest uh, since things opened up this weekend? Well, you know, it, not necessarily this weekend, but seeing Bear Alexander mm -hmm. transfer from Georgia was surprised to see that. But then you look at his past. I mean, he went to three different high schools. It seems like he transfer every, uh, every time he gets settled. You know, you haven't heard a ton of huge names yet going places. Uh, you've seen, you know, guys in spots deciding to leave. But nothing's really jumped out to me other than, you know, there's a lot of speculation now that the end of spring is here. Uh, guys kind of know where they are on the depth chart, especially at the quarterback position. But you're going to see a lot of dominoes start to fall very quickly because if you're going to come in after spring, you better come in right after spring to go ahead and get ready to, to be part of the team and make those relationships and go through the things you have to go through. We were talking earlier in the show, and that, that was uh, w one of the reasons I expected the fall portal to be far busier than the spring portal is because of the importance of being enrolled uh, in January if you want to contribute and see I mean how how difficult is it Jake yeah. to even if you're an experienced college football player who's been through a couple of off seasons uh how important is it to be enrolled in January versus May if you want to make an impact that fall Yeah well you know we, we got to remember too Dan that after a certain point if you transfer you can't transfer within the conference or else you have to sit out a year so if you're looking to stay within the same conference that's a big deal. But as far as getting ready and getting acclimated to your new place, it's really two things. The first thing is the terminology. Uh, a lot of guys run very similar things. They just call it different. So if you're part of a new offense, learning the terminology, not necessarily learning what that route is, but understanding what that terminology is alluding to in that route, that route combination, that protection, formation, everything like that, because a lot of guys call it different. And the second thing is, is really the chemistry you build with the guys off the field as much as on the field. We know how valuable practice time is. 
to, for quarterbacks and wide receivers and offensive linemen to communicate, guys in the back end, and really just work on getting to know each other to the point where you can almost communicate non-verbally. Uh, but it's making those memories, man. It's, it's gaining their trust, letting them know you're a real one. You're not some guy that's going there just trying to use them for one year like a mercenary. Uh, it's That's big because when it comes down to it, a lot of times, fourth and one isn't decided by a play call. It's decided by relationships. And you build those relationships during the offseason, and that's what counts when it really counts come regular season time. Feels like it's a testament to the job Hugh Freeze and his coaching staff have done since he, since he arrived at Auburn that I don't know if there's a position I look at and I say, you know, it is critical that Auburn improve between now and the start of the season. There are places where maybe Auburn could improve uh but there's also upside at those at those spots right now i you know i was asked on a show yesterday jake uh, about you know auburn's positions of need uh between now and the start of the season and and i think it would be it would be great if auburn could land a starting quarterback or a starting receiver or a starting edge between now and august but I, I don't know if it's necessarily failure, you know, or anything like that. If, if Auburn can't, I think Auburn could could absolutely go with a pat hand at any of those positions and 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 roll the dice this fall and see what happens. Yeah, well, they're in a lot better spot than a lot of people thought they would be at this point. You're always trying to improve. Hugh Freeze would tell you the same thing, and uh, the game's won on the line of scrimmage and especially on the edge of the line of scrimmage. So getting guys that can rush the passer obviously takes the pressure off. Uh, of guys in the back end and linebackers in coverage and things like that. Not that Auburn doesn't have guys, but you always want to have that depth, especially when you play offenses that like to go fast, maybe offenses that have a lot of depth. Uh, that's going to be a big key. When it comes to quarterback, you know, uh, if you can add a Grayson McCall or somebody that's worth it, you know, not just getting a name to get another name in here, but somebody that can really elevate your team. Because I think Robbie Ashford has a chance under Hugh Freeze's tutelage to really grow and be an effective weapon, but you got to have more than one. Uh, it looks like TJ Finley is going to wait until the end of the term to, to grad transfer or whatever. Uh, but right now, uh, like you said, it's not in a bad spot, but you can always get better because again, the standard at Auburn is very high and that doesn't need to dip. And to be able to go through the wars you're going to go through during the regular season, we all know it's a battle of attrition. So adding some guys on the edge, on that defense, even if an offensive lineman can come and help and be a swing guy or somebody like that, uh, I think Auburn's made leaps and bounds uh, improvement when it comes to the offensive line through the transfer portal, and you're going to see that translate this fall. Do, how realistic do you think it is that Auburn could add a new starting quarterback or a new starting receiver or a new starting edge rusher uh, between now huh. and, and the start of the term? Well, look, with the transfer portal now, anything can happen. Uh, if we're going to talk about reality, but the, the market gives what the market can bear. The biggest thing is you don't need to go reach. You don't want to risk bringing somebody in that's going to be a problem in the locker room uh, just to have a warm body out there. If they can come in and make plays and they fit the mindset you want them to fit, then go get them because Auburn's a fantastic place and you can fall in love with it very quickly. Uh, but, to, but to sit here and say the reality of it's low isn't really living in reality in the, in the day and age of the transfer portal. I mean, it's shocking to see some names, not just in college football, but in college sports in general, leaving successful programs where they've had success and they have seen many jobs, uh, but we've seen it. So reality is, who knows? 
Talking with Jake Crane from Crane and Company here on the Tuesday edition of the drive. And, and Jake, we got the NFL draft coming up in a little bit more than a week. Carolina has moved up to the, uh, uh, to the first overall spot. I'm, I'm interested in this year's draft for a couple of reasons. One of them is because it, it does seem like what four of the top five quarterbacks on the board are from the SEC, and the other one is CJ Stroud, who I, who I saw a lot of as well. So I, you know, I know a lot about the quarterbacks. And then, as has become the case, it feels like just about half of the first round could end up coming from the Southeastern Conference because of of the way uh, the, that league recruits and develops. Let's start at the top of the draft. Carolina's moved up to number one overall. Feels like Bryce Young uh, is is going to be the pick. I know the betting markets uh, seem to think uh, it, it's Bryce Young. What what would you what would you think of the move if Carolina uh, went to first overall and took Bryce Young with the pick? I think it'd be the best thing they could possibly do. I think he's the best player on the draft uh, when you look at it. Uh, and it's not just one thing with Bryce; uh, it's multiple things. He's NFL ready from a perception standpoint, from a football IQ standpoint. I think he's elusive enough to be kiddie, to get away with being smaller. And look, he had offensive linemen at Bama; they're the same size he's going to have in the NFL. So the guy can obviously throw through windows. Uh, but when I look at all the quarterbacks, I've got it ranked Bryce, CJ, and then Hendon Hooker. You know, somebody's going to reach for Will Levis. Somebody, in my opinion, is going to reach for Anthony Richardson because he's super athletic, which is great, but you got to be more than that in the NFL, and it's going to take some time. He has a chance. Levis, I, I just think Levis throws the fastball, and that's it. I think he's going to be a turnover machine. Every time I wipe my eyes, I see more Mitch Trubisky, but that's a story for another day. Uh, but I, I think the Panthers are going to go Bryce Young, and they'd be smart to do it. Do you, uh, do you think if it's, if it's Bryce to the Panthers at one, uh, is it a no-brainer for Houston to take C.J. Stroud with that second pick? You know, with NFL draft, you never say never, but I think they'd be crazy not to. Uh, I think it's going to go Bryce and then CJ. Uh, I don't think they're going to make it past the third pick, or really the second pick in this instance. And it'll be good for D'Amico uh, taking over there, having a quarterback like CJ Stroud, who to me, when it comes down to pure passing ability, is the best passer in the draft. Not the best anticipatory passer. I think that's Bryce, and that's huge in the NFL when you got to consistently throw guys open. But when it comes down to arm strength and having touch and being able to make all the throws, CJ Stroud is buttery, and I I agree with you. I've been I've been telling folks, you know, Hendon Hooker to me is the really interesting quarterback prospect in this draft, especially if you can wait a little bit and and come away with him later on. That the notion of taking a top five pick, using a top five pick on on Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, you just need to have so much confidence in a quarterback you take with that kind of draft capital, especially considering. I mean, it's, I know that was. It was 20-something years ago when the Saints gave an entire draft to Washington so they could take Ricky Williams. That was an anomaly. But teams will pay like a lot to move up if you're not sure about it and, and you want to take the pick instead. To invest that in a wild-card quarterback prospect, to me, I mean, I, I, I get the upside. You know, I know it worked with Josh Allen, but it, it's, it is so risky, and I am... Yeah, I, I'm very, very on the fence and and leaning towards no. If you're asking me if taking Anthony Richardson with a high draft pick is a good idea, yeah, no, I, I don't think so either. I mean, I know he was he was a freak at the combine, but what did you expect? That's his best move. It's really the only move he's got right now. But it's the NFL draft. These guys are going to sit around in the room and talk themselves into it. At some point, they're going to do it. That's what happens. That's why sometimes being in there for eight hours isn't a good thing. You start seeing ghosts and 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 you know, bringing up conspiracy theories. But every year, we see it every year, somebody with that, that draft capital at the top is going to go reach on somebody to try and look like a genius, 
and most of the time it doesn't work out. But these are why these guys get paid the big bucks. A couple of Auburn players uh, in the draft, probably not going in the first round, but you've got Tank Bigsby, Derek Hall, Eku Leota, Owen Papo, Colby Wooden among the uh, the prospects uh, that, that will most likely hear their names called during the draft. Is there an Auburn uh, prospect this year that you feel really strongly about will be a quality pro and could be, uh, could be something of a sleeper uh, in, in this draft, Jake? Man, you know, I, I saw Leota I, at the Senior Bowl. I was not impressed. I don't think scouts are impressed. I'd be surprised if he got drafted. But as far as uh, a sneaky guy, there's really nobody that, that jumps out to me that, that was either at the Senior Bowl or, or in a pro day. I mean, you know, maybe Shedrick Jackson, who did absolutely nothing on the field at Auburn, really, if we're going to call a spade a spade. But he tested really well. He's a good-looking guy on the hoof, moves around really well. He just struggles to catch the ball, and I know that's big at wide receiver, but sometimes guys think they can jugs machine their way through that. So maybe a Shedrick Jackson, maybe somebody like that, but uh, I don't see anybody else really coming out of the woodwork and, and everybody being excited about them. What's, uh, what's Colby's outlook as an NFL player? Because I, you know, I really, like that's a guy who I'm rooting for to catch on. I, I know it's, I mean, that, that's a brutal a brutal spot to be in, right? You know, 270-pound uh, defensive end slash edge rusher, you know, depending on how a team views you. Uh, but that's that's a guy that I just think, you know, he's 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 got so much of what you would want as, as a yeah. professional football player. Yeah, him and Derek Hall. Uh, I, I would put them both in that boat. I love the way Derek plays. I love the way Colby plays. And look, in the NFL, if you're good enough, and, and, and I think Colby is, They'll find a way to use you. Now, I do think there's some versatility there when you talk about Derek and Colby. You can put him at jack. You can do some things. Obviously, you don't really want him out in coverage too much. But when it comes to, you know, third down exotic exotic blitz packages, being able to drop guys in the zone, I think somebody can use both of those guys. And I think Colby and Derek are both such instinctual football players. They're really good tacklers high IQ while the play's going, uh, I think they're going to be just fine in the league. Yeah, I think, I think Derek and Colby both are, uh, are guys. And, and Eku, you know, e- even before the injury, you know, I think there was the, you know, the concern that he was a very specialized kind of player and not an every down uh, defensive end. And, and now he's got well, to I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, specializing in what? Getting blocked? Yeah, but I, mean, and, I didn't see him making a ton of plays. There. And I don't, look, I'm sure he's a great guy, but this is a business. This is the NFL. I mean, he didn't produce really at Auburn. He's, again, good-looking kid off the huff, but he's really stiff. He plays really high. Offensive linemen are able to get their hands inside of him and control him a lot. I just don't see how he makes anything other than a practice squad. And I don't even know if he's going to make that. Right. Came, came, uh, I think he came along, came on towards the end of the 21 season, right? I know, cause he ended up having a couple of sacks down the stretch for Auburn, but, but it's, uh, the injury. Yeah. I think, I mean, the injury... You, have a, you have a couple of sacks. Congratulations. I mean, Rudy had a couple sacks. <laughs> well, and they but made, he, a, they and he made was a, offside. They made a movie about him, Jake. Yeah. A, he was offside. Well, example. Rudy was also a third of the size back to Leota. I mean, he helped Frodo throw the ring in the fire, man. He's from the Shire. That's true. He's, and he's excellent in, uh, 51st dates. Very, steal, steals, steals several scenes in that's, uh, in, 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 that's, in, that's exactly right. in 51st Dates. Uh, Jake, uh, if, in case, for whatever reason, people would want to hear more conversation like this, uh, tell, <laughs> tell, them how they can, uh, tell them how they can catch uh, all, the, all the great stuff you do. Definitely, man. Uh, you can go to the Daily Wire. We're the sports show for the Daily Wire. Go to Daily Wire Plus. Check us out. We're on YouTube. It's Crane and Company, C-R-A-I-N-N Company. We're live every weekday morning, 6.30 to 8 a.m. Central. Talk about everything. Take live calls. Talking a ton of college football and we're going to live stream the draft, so we're pretty excited about that. Going to be a blast. Uh, Great work, as always, Jake, and we will talk to you again soon.
Dan, it's always fun, buddy. Bill, if you're listening, hit me up, man. That's right. Go get some hot chicken. I, I, I love it. All right. So Jake Crane from Crane and Company, uh, based out of uh, based out of Nashville, of course, and uh, that's where Bill Cameron is for the week. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, this is the Tuesday edition of the Drive. Let's get back to the Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Final segment of the show. Dan Peck in the captain's chair. Drew at the controls. Bill Cameron in Nashville. He'll be back on Monday. Tomorrow, we will talk with Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers about uh, everything going on in the world of Auburn athletics. Busy last couple of days, and the portals are open. So there could be news between now and tomorrow uh, regarding Auburn players uh, deciding to leave or players deciding uh, to, uh, to to sign up and play for Auburn in football or basketball. There's baseball tonight as well. We gave uh, some tickets away uh, yesterday. It's Auburn and Samford. That sounds right. Auburn and Samford. I, I just saw a just saw a starting lineup for that. Is Auburn looking to uh, looking to regroup? Second half of the conference season starts this weekend. We talked with Justin Kirby uh, yesterday as part of Tiger Takes, and uh, I really like the mindset uh, that Justin has regarding uh, you know mo- moving forward and and trying to build on uh, the experience Auburn gained over the first uh, half of conference play and and uh, get ready to face some. Championship level opponents as Auburn looks to play their way back into uh, SEC tournament contention, SEC uh, title contention, and and getting themselves ready uh, for the postseason. Going to be Zach Crotchfelt tonight uh, for Auburn as they uh, get ready to take on uh, the uh, Sanford Bulldogs, and that is uh, what we're about. I don't know, about ten minutes away, five minutes away uh, from uh, from that one at Plainsman Park before uh, the. Uh, Conference play gets going this weekend. Want to say thanks again to Barrett Silly from CBS Sports and Sirius XM. Want to say thanks to Jake Crane from Crane and & Company and Justin Ferguson, uh, the Auburn Observer himself, uh, who hung out for the first hour and a half of the show. If you missed any of today's show, uh, check out the podcast. Auburn, uh, or check out the podcast uh, with, I almost said, AuburnObserver.com, which is not where you can find uh, the Drive podcast. Go to your favorite podcasting platform and search for The Drive with Bill Cameron uh, or go to ESPNAU.com or go to RadioAlabama.net and use the Podcast Center. And that's all presented by the fine folks at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Jason Caldwell with us to begin the show. Hopefully, you will tune in for that. In the meantime, for everybody who appeared on today's show, for Bill Cameron, who's here in absentia, and for Drew at the controls, this is Dan Peck signing off. Good night.